This is the Scott Thompson Show podcast. All right, let's get to it because we've got our correspondent waiting in Washington. Uh, Over the weekend, of course, uh, 29 people injured in a bombing in New York this morning. Five uh, more were found. Officials uh, looking for suspects. Uh, One, as we speak, has just been brought into custody. And after an altercation with police, we'll get uh, the latest on all of this. Arthi Pol is with this Washington correspondent, Global National, and on the line with us now. Hi, Arthi. How are you today? Good morning. How are you doing? Thank you for taking the time to join us. Uh, we certainly do appreciate this. What's the feeling in the United States after a weekend like you've just experienced? Well, certainly you can feel anxiety and apprehension. I mean, this is the week after the 15th anniversary of 9-11. Um, so to say people are on edge would probably be an accurate statement. Uh, certainly there has been a heightened alert, um, as we've seen recently um, in the United States, with the rise of ISIS, with the threats from ISIS. And then you've got a weekend where uh, there's, you know, multiple incidents um, that suggest that, uh, you know, uh, an attack of some sort that could, again, cause a lot of damage to individuals is is near or could be happening uh, or is underway. That's a very scary prospect for a lot of Americans, but certainly a lot of the information coming out allows them to uh, get some transparency and a handle on uh, what exactly transpired this weekend. Mm. We understand a suspect is in custody. What can you tell us about that? Right. The very latest developing information right now, and it could be changing while I'm speaking with you, but I'll go with exactly what I have uh, right now. As we know that uh, the uh, person who is in custody, his name is Ahmed Khan Rahami, and he's a naturalized U.S. citizen of Afghan descent. He was uh, brought into custody after a shootout with police that took place in Linden, New Jersey. Now, this is a man that police have been looking for since early this morning. And, of course, they uh, had sent out a photograph of his face uh, on wanted posters early this morning to New York residents. uh, And they were able to connect um, Rahami to this particular incident by gathering evidence from the second pressure cooker bomb that was set up in New York but didn't detonate. Uh, and so let's sort of go through maybe a bit of a timeline here just to recap for folks what exactly took place. Saturday morning, there was a bomb that was set off, uh, and that was at a race in New Jersey, in Seaside Park, New Jersey. Uh, uh, there was a 5K charity race. A bomb went off. No one was in. And then later on in the day in New York, in the Chelsea neighborhood, a bomb was detonated, uh, and that was on 23rd Street, and 29 people were injured. While police were investigating that, just about four blocks away, a second pressure cooker bomb was located. And this particular bomb, police say, was similar to that that was used during the Boston Marathon attack. Um, and so that was located just a short distance away. And then again, finally, the last piece of information here this morning, uh, or rather late last night, there was a backpack that was discovered by a New Jersey train station inside about five potential explosives found. And right now, authorities are connecting all of them to this individual who is in custody at this hour. Uh, so what do we know about how this man was apprehended? Uh, well, from what we understand, and there are multiple reports right now waiting for official police confirmation, but reportedly uh, he was perhaps 
sleeping uh, in the doorway of a building. And this was in Linden, New Jersey again. And uh, when he was approached by police, it appears, reports suggest he opened fire. And so there was this shootout with law enforcement, in which case police, two officers, uh, according to um, Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey's mayor, were injured. And the suspect was also wounded. And uh, all are being treated. And of course, that suspect now taken into custody. And uh, part of the investigation now will be looking to see whether or not there are more individuals who could be connected with these multiple bomb sites. Uh, the suspect uh, injuries, uh, life-threatening at all, what do we know about his condition? You know, the condition is unknown at this stage, again, because it's reports uh, that are coming from the scene and not official confirmation from police. Um, there are images that we've seen uh, of the suspect being wheeled um, into an ambulance, and he does appear to be conscious. Uh, so, so that would suggest that at least uh, he is able to speak right now. So we expect the investigation and the questioning by authorities will continue. And what about officers shot? Uh, the officer shot, uh, from what we understand, one was shot in the arm and one was uh, shot through uh, protective gear that, that he was also wearing. Um, but uh, an exact update on their conditions is not available to us just yet as it's developing this hour and certainly more will come out. There will be an update at 1230 uh, with law enforcement and with officials in New York, too. Uh, you talked about the various locations over the course of the weekend and the similarities in certain bombs. Uh, any information as far as whether they are related or do, do they suspect that they are? And Because it, it, it just seems that they're scattered about this is a lot for one person to do. It does seem like it would be a lot, but uh, there are connections between all of the bombs in terms of the technologies. That's what we're learning from New York's governor, Andrew Cuomo. Uh, he said that there are some commonalities were his words uh, that he used between all of these uh, potential explosive devices um, that were used and uh, they were using cell phones wired with um, pressure cookers and, and that sort of um, strategy. And from the evidence gathering, what they were able to see is uh, fingerprints is what reports are suggesting, as well as connecting the cell phone. Uh, some of these devices were using a cell phone uh, detonation technology. And so the cell phone was also traced back to this individual, Ahmed Khan Rahami. And uh, that is how police right now are sort of connecting the dots. Uh, but we know they're not done yet. Are they, do we know if this man was on police radar in any way or FBI radar? Uh, at this stage, police have not said that he was uh, on their radar. We do know that as they uh, had released his photographs and information about him, as he was wanted as a person of interest, they did add him to the terror watch list so that he would not be able to flee the country um, if that was something that was part of his plan. So um, no information just yet. Certainly we will learn more within the hour as we're expecting an update and briefing from officials, but he was added uh, as of late to that uh, terror watch list and just in connection with this particular weekend's event in order to make sure that he wouldn't leave before police could catch up with him. How were there not more injuries uh, with these blasts? Uh, it, uh, it seems that they were in populated areas, but far enough away. I mean, certainly 29 injured but is terrible, but there's no fatalities. Surprised that there weren't more injuries. 
that is definitely the fortunate side of this story here that uh, it appears that one bomb did not detonate and that was that pressure cooker that essentially is what linked them to this suspect uh, so that certainly uh, tempered any injuries that we would see from that um, in terms of the morning the Saturday morning bomb that was left by the start of the 5k charity race in Seaside Park New Jersey it appears the race had been delayed and so there were not a whole lot of people mm. in that vicinity where that bomb was and so officials were able to very quickly clear up that boardwalk and uh, get the bomb squad on hand and make sure that nobody else was injured by that particular device and uh, the the final the, the one that injured um, 29 people in Chelsea in lower Manhattan I mean I would say sheer luck that yeah. uh, that really no one was more uh, devastatingly injured um, than those 29 individuals who have been released from hospital it was packed with shrapnel and and uh, police have said that the intention is clear that it was intended to do a lot of damage. Hmm. Um, it just didn't succeed. It just didn't succeed. Artie, you talked about the uh, the relation between the two blasts in the New York, New Jersey area. Any reason to link what happened with the stabbings in Minnesota? Are, are any of these related, do we know? You know, uh, the U.S. President Barack Obama, he spoke last hour and he said it does not appear to be connected, uh, that mall stabbing in Minnesota uh, with this particular bombing. So that is something uh, that police have been able to uh, say right now in a firm sense that they do not believe that it is connected. Of course, this is, you know, continuing to be a, a, a frightening time for many individuals living in these states. And uh, remember, right now in New York, uh, there's the U.N. General Assembly going on. So there are leaders from around the world, including Canada's prime minister, who are gathered in New York right now. So there's already heightened alert. There's already heightened police presence. Um, and in addition to that, the New York governor has added 1,000 extra police officers and National Guard to keep the citizens safe. And they also, yesterday in the press conference, listening to the mayor, uh, Bill de Blasio of New York, saying... The clear message here for New Yorkers is be vigilant, stay on alert. And again, reiterating that other officials today saying, if you see something, say something, be alert, watch what's going on and be observant. So certainly we know that uh, a lot of people in these states will be doing that. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, obviously, uh, the time after post 9-11, the week after um, that anniversary, uh, a rash of attacks, do you think, because of that? Or do you think this is more due to the fact that the U.N. is in town? Oh, well, you know, I, 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 would, uh, I would be completely guessing if I, if I gave a, a full answer to that. I, I, I think, though, a lot of um, speculation is out there on whether or not these are connected to the fact that it's 9-11 or the fact that it's yeah. the U.N. General Assembly. Certainly, uh, the fact that there are world leaders in one place, um, you know, would make it uh, something that could be viewed as a target, as we've heard from officials. Um, and then we've also heard from some analysts saying, well, you know, this is a week that, uh, you know, a lot of New Yorkers, a lot of Americans, as it is, feel on edge. So what better way to yeah. shake them up or scare them? That's what we've heard some, from some analysts. But really to get inside the mind of someone who yeah. has plotted this out, um, I can't have a, a concrete answer for you. Arthi, though, you know, like this anniversary has come and gone for the most part with, with relatively uh, not much going on. This is the first time there's been something like this. Are they worried about a trend? Um, I, I would say in the U.S., uh, the security is top of mind mm -hmm. for everyone. Um, so um, a trend, I wouldn't say in those 
specific words, but certainly acts of violence targeting American citizens is something that uh, U.S. authorities are very aware of, very cognizant of, and very alert about. And I would argue that a lot of Americans themselves are also um, concerned about that, too. Arthi Polis been with us, Washington correspondent, Global National. Make sure you're watching tonight on Global and uh, find out more. Arthi, thanks very much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Thank you. You're listening to The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML. Uh, and, of course, it is uh, the time after September 11th. And, of course, we all, uh, 15 years since that uh, tragic day back in, uh, well, I guess, Pennsylvania, Washington, and New York, And right from the first year on, uh, people were sort of sensitive to this day and, of course, uh, very much so in New York City, as uh, you can imagine with what is happening uh, over the course of the weekend and uh, specifically with uh, the explosions uh, in New York City. The latest on this is that a man has been apprehended and after uh, an altercation with police, he has been taken in. Uh, from uh, what we understand, he has survived. We don't know the complete details as far as uh, his, the extent of his injuries or even uh, if he was on police radar. To talk more about all of this, David Harris is with us, and Cigna Strategic Group terrorism expert, and he is on the line with us now. Hello, David. How are you today? Hello, Scott. Interesting and busy day for everyone. My goodness. It's, uh, it's amazing uh, what a weekend it's been in the United States. What is your take on what you see, your thoughts specifically with uh, this suspect that has been apprehended? Uh, do you have any reason to believe he acted alone, or do you think there's others involved in this? Well, that's just the problem, isn't it? We don't know at this point, and of course, at the moment, it appears that authorities in the New Jersey, New York, and even broader areas are preoccupied, perhaps consumed, with determining whether there may have been cells, a broader network involved within the United States, that area, perhaps well beyond the borders of the United States. And in some respects, in this phase, and quite apart from the necessity of sorting things out forensically for legal reasons, there is always something of a race against time as people try to determine whether if there should be others involved, those others involved might themselves be lethal menaces to the public. Your thoughts on this as far as what appears to be the devices used? We're seeing similarities to the Boston Marathon uh, bombing as well. Your thoughts on primitive, how sophisticated, uh, e- even the fact that, com- you know, considering there were 29 injured, it's a miracle there was no one, no loss of life here. Yes, it would seem to be. Now, one suggestion, of course, has been that because of uh, a delay in the uh, Marine and Sailors Marathon that right. was taking place in uh, New Jersey when one of the devices went off, there uh, weren't many people around, and I think um, uh, no one was injured in that episode. But, of course, in Chelsea and Manhattan, there were the approximately 29 who were injured. They've claimed lightly, but uh, lightly may be a matter of definition, and uh, the injuries are always lighter when it's other people. We'll see exactly what all that means. The uh, difficulties are clearly manifest at this point. We don't know early on exactly what the devices uh, amounted to in fine-point terms. Again, forensically, there seem to be clear suggestions, maybe indications, of a, a fingerprint 
on uh, one of the devices, one of the uh, unexploded ones, or the unexploded one in the Manhattan area, that uh, may have pointed to the gentleman now in custody, Mr. Ahmad Khan Rahami, a naturalized American originally from Afghanistan. So uh, that kind of thing is going to have to be settled. The technique seems to have been reasonably sophisticated. If reports about the use of uh, flip cell phones to uh, mm -hmm. actually trigger detonation should prove accurate. Uh, and uh, early suggestions, again, seem to indicate that possibly uh, one of the cell phones uh, may have enabled uh, the authorities to trace things to uh, Mr. Rahami or uh, or uh, otherwise make some kind of connection there. So, um, again, the, the multiple nature of the devices found uh, certainly is disturbing, if not alarming, I'm sure, to many people who are seized with the investigation itself and, uh, again, may invite the possibility as a theory that there uh, could be more than one individual involved. There have been some reports, uh, sketchy in parts and uh, in some ways building some confidence, suggesting that uh, some people may have been detained over the last day or two in possible connection to this event. Whether that, again, will emerge as reliable information will remain to be seen. Uh, just due to geography alone, would it not have been difficult to plant these where he did, or is it, would it be quite easy, do you think? A lot of the um, thinking now on that very question, which of course is a, a penetrating and highly relevant one, is uh, the extent to which the uh, railway transportation system might have figured in some of this, mm. uh, certain of the uh, uh, places where the explosives were found or went off um, appear to have been in reasonable proximity to uh, rail systems. Uh, so there may be some interconnection there. Uh, whoever may have planted these things, if it were, say, one person, might possibly, I guess, have been able to move uh, <clears throat> by using the uh, rail system as their main communications mean, means. But uh, again, uh, you know, this is this is the earliest of early days, and uh, you can only imagine the uh, pace at which the FBI and associated law enforcement must be moving in all of this and uh, the extent to which they might well be communicating. Uh, we have to recall that in the years since 9-11 especially, there have been uh, considerable international files uh, accumulated internationally um, but specifically with respect to uh, places like Afghanistan, where you're on the fighting front against uh, Islamic terrorism. And there, it, um, a lot of information has come out of the remnants of explosive devices, IEDs, that have gone off there and in that area. And uh, some of that information has involved things like fingerprints. Uh, which in turn can prove surprisingly profitable when it hmm. comes to some of our own domestic uh, investigations. Are people connected? And then, of course, we know that uh, techniques of bomb-making can themselves be indicative of uh, certain types of operatives and help with identification. Do we, know, uh, anything in, do we know anything about this suspect? Was he on police radar? Do, did police have any inkling of this attack before, or authorities have any inkling of this attack before it happened? 
Well, all we are hearing is that he was known to police, which tells you precisely nothing in relation, of hmm. course, to terrorism. Uh, one could have a certain kind of uh, traffic ticket, I suppose, and be considered known to police. We'll uh, have to see what comes of all of that. Um, the, uh, the determination of the individual, if the current reports are uh, reliable, when uh, he was uh, being confronted by police earlier today and when a shootout eventuated, it might suggest that uh, he was uh, determined to go down to the bitter end. And uh, that in itself is uh, quite an intriguing thing and may raise some questions about the extent to which he may have revealed uh, intense feelings in uh, the days, weeks, or months before any of this happened. It, it will also, I would guess, uh, complicate in some ways the electoral drama that we've been witnessing in the United States as the presidential elections approach, because this individual, uh, having been, uh, I believe, an immigrant from Afghanistan, uh, puts the uh, lights uh, once again on the issue of migratory movements. And the you bring up a very valid question, uh, and, and we were going to actually discuss this later in the show, David, but I'll ask you now. Um, because we've had many uh, poli-sci experts that have said, or certainly a couple that have said, you know, if the frequency of attacks picks up closer to election, to clo closer to the U.S. election, it could affect the outcome. Your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's a, a fairly standard kind of expectation, and I think a, a reasonable one. Um, and remember, two at a time when uh, Mrs. Clinton, the Democratic candidate, is uh, in the public mind in many ways, and appropriately enough, so closely connected to Mr. Obama at a time when Mr. Obama is looking at uh, taking in about 10,000 people from Syria. Indeed, uh, that process has already been concluded. Uh, the uh, United States has had some difficulties with uh, refugees and refugee claimants who have been uh, proved to have been involved in uh, Islamist terrorism. And so this kind of thing could uh, really cause further difficulties. And of course, too, as it progresses, if I can use that word, it may cause some focus then to go on to events in Canada as the United States seeks to understand how reliable its various allies might be. It's uh, got a concern about its northern border, and here is Canada, after all having brought tens and tens and tens of thousands of people from the uh, extremist and terrorist cauldron that is, after all, uh, Syria. This could uh, really be an interesting international proposition all around. Uh, what th this suspect, it appears from what we're seeing on news footage, that he is alive and, and seems to be uh, in stable condition. I don't know. I'm, I'm just guessing from what I'm seeing. What will we learn from him because he is alive? Well, I guess a number of things uh, are possible, and not all of them, frankly, require the individual to be alive. Um, you know, you can check over what's in someone's pockets. Uh, there may be phone numbers or other giveaway items, depending on the level of operational security, as they call it, that this person, if this should be the guilty party or one of them, uh, may have brought to bear on the situation. Uh, it also depends on an individual's attitude. Uh, is the person inclined to be boastful, having felt that uh, he's done his bit and uh, doesn't mind the uh, legal ramifications of that? 
Um, you know, on the other hand, uh, might he lawyer up, as they say, and uh, not be inclined to share anything? Uh, and from the different possibilities taking place or available to us now analytically, you also then have some derivative considerations uh, in law. Um, at what point, for example, uh, would uh, the authorities read this individual his rights? Um, and then what stems from that? Uh, we've seen issues like this uh, dealt with before, including with respect to the um, uh, Christmas airline bomber, you might remember, uh, who uh, tried to uh, detonate a, a weapon in an aircraft uh, on Christmas Day, I think it was, near Detroit. Um, all of these things, yes, are quite complicated, and they move into the melange of issues that are going to have to be explored. Uh, obviously, post-9-11, uh, we really haven't seen much of this sort of activity around the anniversary in years prior. Uh, is that changing, or is this about the U.N. meeting in New York City, do you think? I'd be in trouble trying to speculate, of course. Any kind of action of this kind will be gleaning a lot more attention than mm. might otherwise be the case. It's got to be one of those proverbial nightmare scenarios. You can only imagine how stretched security forces will be in the United Nations, New York area, owing to this uh, General Assembly meeting, uh, one of which features will involve discussions about uh, Syrian migrants and refugees. Um, to add to it, of course, this kind of immediate threat that we've just lived through is really quite uh, something and um, reminds us all of the enormous resources and consequences, quite apart from the more obvious issues of uh, death and maiming that uh, perhaps the future world will be holding in store for many of us. In any event, this is probably uh, an augury of the shape of things to come, uh, tragically enough. David Harris has been with us in Cigna Strategic Group, terrorism expert. David, as always, thanks for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Thanks a lot, Scott. You're listening to The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML. Ari Goldkind is with us. He's a Toronto lawyer. He was in the area when the blast occurred in New York City, and he is with us now. Ari, good afternoon. How are you today? Great to be on with you. When I hear Jake the Snake, it takes me back to my WWF uh, fan base. <laughs> it's sort of the same, but not really. <laughs> I know, but I like hearing it. Uh, Ari, so where were you when all this happened? What happened? So I was at my favorite restaurant at 5th and 23rd. It's an amazing place. It's Madison Square. It's a gathering point for New Yorkers in that part of town, sort of Chelsea, uh, lower Midtown. It's just an incredible area to hang out. There was a food uh, market uh, opened up to the public. I came out of the restaurant, got on bikes to go a little bit further down into Greenwich. Then within a nanosecond, and you know, most people know New York is uh, a relatively loud place in the first place. Mm. All of a sudden, within about 30 to 45 seconds, sirens and lights and an emergency response unlike anything I've ever seen, and I've seen lots. I mean, I go to New York all the time. And, you know, maybe it's because I'm a criminal defense lawyer. I thought, well, there must be a shooting somewhere over here, or they're trying to find somebody. I never put two and two together to think it was what it was. Continued on, and as we went further down fifth, just the response, the, and it was like unbelievable. I get to the restaurant I'm going to just down the road. I don't really think anything of it. I don't hear, you know, God forbid, obviously a building uh, get hit. I don't see fire. I just thought, oh, it's just 
a day in the life of New York, but something mm-hmm. more local to this, then as I do, which most people do far too often, I look at my phone while I was at the dinner table, and I see the word bomb, mm. and a chill. I mean, just a chill, and I see that it's at 6th and 23rd, which is four minutes from where I am and two minutes from where I was, and I think, holy mackerel. And you just feel your body sort of change, like the, the composition of your body, your blood cells just changes. I've never felt anything like that ever, and I'm 42 years old, and just started reading started seeing the reaction of what was happening, that 29 people were injured and on their way to the hospital, the ridiculous statement from the mayor of New York, which I spent Sunday morning, obviously, dealing with this issue, talking to a lot of police officers. I'm not shy. I go up to people. And it was just really an incredible thing to watch New Yorkers hugging uh, late Saturday night, trying to get home, no, no cabs, a lot of the subway routes. Uh, were immediately shut down, but people hunting for information, consoling each other, trying to figure out why these things keep happening, even though most of us who are rational know the answers. It was just a very, very odd and eerie feeling, and Sunday morning it was like a, a pall was sort of cast over the city. It was very bizarre, if you know anything about New York energy, and I know you mm. Did you actually hear the blast, Ari? We did not hear the blast, which was strange, because as I was reading, there were people in close proximity who did hear the blast. We did not. Mm. Uh, That may just be because of the part we were coming down. When you go down fifth with all the buses and the cars and all of this, did not hear the blast. But, you know, just whatever second time the second the blast had, it, it was like every light and siren in New York lit up and converged on that. You know, you picture a movie. Mm. A movie wouldn't do it justice. You were saying you were eating dinner, and at that point you were still unaware of what had happened. Could you see the mood change as people slowly started to figure out what happened? Very much so, and that's a great point you make, because as I you know, said at, at my own expense, you know, too many people are too glued to their cell phones at all times, particularly when mm. you're at a dinner table and you should maybe be talking to the person you're with. <laughs> I just happened to look at it, uh, I'm not even sure why or if I was curious about what I saw, but then I immediately saw the word bomb and just obviously wasn't going to put my phone away. Then you started to hear at the tables next to you, and this is pretty late, like, you know, we're in the, we're not at 7, 8 o'clock at night here. Mm-hmm. You just started to see all of the phones coming out, people starting to talk. You started to see people's faces change. And even though I'm not a New Yorker and not from there and don't pretend to understand the challenges they deal with post 9-11 it was a physical feeling i felt and it was very bizarre to experience that physical feeling uh i I really i don't know the right words to put it but this is just a horrible unfortunate situation thank god that it was only 29 people injured no deaths thank goodness it didn't happen on a new york subway which as riding the subway all day saturday you know we are left so exposed to these people that want to ruin Uh, our way of life and other issues we won't talk about today that I just thought, thank goodness, not one person lost life. But it was a physical feeling unlike anything I've ever felt, and it hits you like a ton of bricks. When that wave kind of came over the city and the restaurant that you were in and the area that you were, did people panic at all? Did like You said it was only a couple of blocks from where you were. Did did people start to leave? Did they pack up and, oh, you know what, I'm going home. I don't want to... <laughs> it's not there a good time a, to be out. 
you know, it was, and, and that's what I see. When I was walking with my friend, I thought to myself, I would see much more mass panic. Mm-hmm. I think because of the, the anti-social media world we live in, where we can all look at Twitter, Facebook, or the news, it was sort of something that you would read very quickly, that it's being contained, the police are there, there are no life-threatening injuries, the police are on the second bomb. So it's one of those situations where the more information that we had sort of, I think, affected the mood where people did not think that there was another plane coming into a building yeah. or something like that. It was somebody doing what they were doing. But the, I, I just admired the New Yorkers that I saw on the streets. It was a very different – it wasn't as rushed. Things were slowing down, even though things were obviously speeding up. People were really hugging. Strangers were talking to each other. I'm not saying it was a kumbaya moment, Mm -hmm. but it was absolutely noticeable to us as non-New Yorkers observing this, that people were really being a little bit kinder, slower with each other, and you just saw people hugging. And I could overhear a lot of these conversations. The city's dense. You can hear people, oh, my God, I can't believe this. Why this again? And then in the early morning when I went down to the scene uh, to talk about it with some people and started talking to all the police officers, the real issue in discussion, and you may know this and your listeners may know this, would be Mayor de Blasio's ridiculous statement and then how the governor came out and essentially called the mayor ridiculous. And as a person who has a keen interest in political correctness and issues of truth, Hmm. that's what the police were really, really focused on. And as somebody who regularly spars with police, I thought the police were dead on on this issue, but they clearly cared about what they were doing and keeping their city safe. It was was something to behold how quick that police response was. You're not still in New York City, are you? I came back very, very late last night to begin a serious trial this morning, so I talked to you just outside the doors of the Superior Courthouse in Toronto. One last quick question, Ari. Uh, was the atmosphere a lot different when you left as, a, as compared to when you arrived? It was. I can tell you two, two examples of that. You saw the police, and the governor did talk about this, so I'm not giving you any behind-the-scenes scoop, that they were going to ramp up police presence on uh, Sunday leading into today's workday because they didn't want the city to slow down or, you know, lose its momentum as a global entity and place of business. So the police presence in the airport was higher when I left last night than it normally is, and it's normally quite high in New York. I mean, anybody flying through there knows that. But the other interesting thing was on Sunday morning, even though the city continued on, but in the later hours of Sunday morning, there was just, and you might know what I mean by the word appall, P-A-L-L, over the city. Even in Central Park where we were, it was the only thing people were talking about I think people were either very sad or increasingly fed up Hmm. that these kinds of things keep happening, and we keep sort of avoiding the hard discussions that political leaders don't seem inclined to have about who and why this is being done. That's what I was hearing as I was sitting next to regular people in Central Park. Ari Goldkind has been with us, a Toronto lawyer who is in the neighborhood of Chelsea, the area in New York City, uh, over the weekend when the blast occurred. Ari, thank you very much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. My pleasure. Have a great afternoon.
You're listening to The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML. Talking about what has been happening over the weekend in the United States, uh, specifically in regard to New York City and New uh, Jersey. Uh, 29 people injured in a bombing in uh, in New York over the weekend. Uh, joining us now is Danilo Gabrielli. He is a local resident of Chelsea, the neighborhood where the explosion took place, and he is with us now. Danilo, hello, are you there? Hi, yes, Amia. Hi, guys. Good, Thank- good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, no tell problem. us, what did, you, what did you hear? What did you see? Yeah, well, I, I was uh, actually in my apartment, which is also the, uh, the place where I work. Mm-hmm. And uh, around 8.30, I was in my house, and uh, at one point I heard this tremendous, huge explosion. And uh, my entire apartment uh, shook. So... Of course, I got scared, so the first reaction was to run outside on the street on 23rd. Uh, my, my apartment, my studio where I, where I work, is literally 400 meters away from the explosion. So well, as soon as I got outside, I was uh, one of the first people running there. And what I noticed, there was uh, a smoke coming out from uh, um, in between two different buildings. And also the smell, a strong smell of, of a sulfur, of a something that was, you know, electrical burning. Hmm. And um, I, had to, I had to be honest, I got really, really scared because, um, unfortunately, I experienced 9-11. I was pretty close in, uh, you know, that, in that period. So it took me back, uh, that memories. Hmm. What was, uh, after the, uh, the panic and, and after uh, emergency services and such have left, what's the feeling in your neighborhood today? What's the feeling in your neighborhood or in New York today? Yes, well, I can tell you my neighborhood, um, we are kind of like uh, still a little nervous because as you all know, they found another uh, divisor on 27th Street, which mm-hmm. is literally four blocks away from from uh, from my my place from the other uh, place where they occurred the first explosions. So we are still a little nervous because you never know what it can be next. And uh, lastly, I'm in shock because still, because this neighborhood is really residential, is a pretty quiet residential mm-hmm. uh, place. So people come here during the week just to go to a restaurant, you know, to, to, to have a drink and go to see a movie. So we we will never expect something like that. So we are kind of like um, still a little worried, to be honest. But I must say that today, the New York City Police Department, the fire you know, department, they are doing an amazing job. Mm. Amazing job to keep every street, every block, uh, you know, clean and uh, secure and safe. Now, what is the feeling in Chelsea knowing that there is a suspect in, uh, that's been apprehended, that someone is in police custody? Does that change the feeling in Chelsea today? And yes and no. I mean, it changed uh, because yes, we are somehow we are like uh, we like it's good that they caught the person, but we still really don't know what is behind this. If it's just an, a single incident, like related to one person, or if it's something major, because we still don't know, and nobody really is telling us that. So we are kind of like really, uh, still a little worried. Plus, you know. As a New Yorker, hmm. you know, after 9/11, and so we are still like um, alert, in alert. 
Good for Daniello Gabrielli has been with us, local resident in Chelsea and just down from the blast site and has been sharing his experiences with us. Danilo, thank you very much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Thank you, guys. All right, stay safe. Good luck. Uh, You can imagine what that must be like. Unbelievable. You're in your neighborhood, residential area, even New York City. You know what that's like. But a a relatively quiet area for New York City and all of a sudden chaos around your home, around your home. No place to run. Uh, To talk more about this and how it may affect the upcoming U.S. election campaign, Michael Diamond is with us, conservative political pundit. He is with us now. Hello, Michael. How are you today? Great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time. We appreciate this. Uh, What are your thoughts when you heard the reaction of the two political candidates on what had happened over the weekend? You know, I think Donald Trump is doing was much more measured after uh, the uh, activities of this weekend and the uh, terrorist attacks uh, than he was after the Orlando shooting. Uh, but he still was able to actually get the message he wanted to get across without uh, jumping into that, congratulating himself, and really acting like the buffoon that he's often expected to act like. So I think Donald Trump actually succeeded. Hillary Clinton, again, was more measured, and she's more measured in all, all regards than Donald Trump, and that shouldn't be a surprise. But at the end of the day, if you're looking who got a better message out and who said what they wanted to say, I think Trump politically, and this is, might be a bit crass talking about this, but politically Trump had the better weekend on that. Uh, he was on Fox and Friends saying exactly what you were talking about. What I said was exactly correct. I should be a newscaster because I called it before it was news. And that you know the bluster and the bravado of Donald Trump is what we we've come to expect. I guess you know that's a bit better than after Orlando when he and I hadn't actually heard that he said that. But, <laughs> but wait a better. sec, Michael, it's 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 a bit better, but he's still kind of playing the same game, isn't he? He's playing the same game, but words do matter. So you know, thanks for all the congratulations is a bit better than I've you know been saying <laughs> this is going to happen. And quite frankly, it doesn't take uh, a, a weatherman to know which way the uh, wind's blowing. Unfortunately, this is mm. you know as Trump said, the new the new reality is others have said you know we're all living in Israel now. Uh, politically speaking, you know, this isn't going to make a big difference in New York City. Hillary Clinton's still going to win New York State. But if uh, an election, you want to ask a logic question. Uh, you want to you provide a puzzle to, to voters, and you want the logical solution to that puzzle to be, to be you. And Hillary Clinton has the opportunity to say steady hand and experience and uh, knowledge of government, and that you know, she was the senator for New York, New York after 9-11, and try and dine out on that experience. Donald Trump is going to be able to run against both Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, and they're, they're what he'll call failed record, but also George Bush's. He's not tied to the successes and, more importantly, the failures of any uh, political dynasty or political administration before him. So his message is going to be, I'm different, I'm from the outside, and I'm tough enough to stop this. If that's what people are thinking, this is going to be good for Trump, and uh, a lot of that's going to be come down to how the two candidates behave uh, and react to each other next week. Uh, many political scientists have said on this show that if there is an attack, uh, even like the week before the election campaign, that it could greatly uh, favor Trump. Uh, how does a Hillary Clinton position herself if it, you know, as he says, this is the new norm and you could expect more heading into the, the election? 
I think one, one, if you're Hillary Clinton, you should just start uh, sharpening up your language, and you don't want to imitate Donald Trump because, you know, the only candidate who really tried that was Marco Rubio, and it doesn't work because, uh, luckily, there's only one Donald Trump, and Hillary Clinton will never uh, be convincing of that. But she can certainly sharpen up her, her words a bit. Uh, talk about the post-9-11 work she did in uh, the Senate as the United States Senator for New York, and uh, just be a bit, a bit less timid. That's what Hillary Clinton needs to do. And then she also needs to raise questions, red flags, Donald Trump's never held public office before. We we know he talks about it, yet he's unpredictable, and this is a good thing. Is that a good thing when the new reality is uh, an increase that the war on terror is still very much a reality that that we live in? Do you want someone untested and unsure? Do you think that uh, you, you know? Do you think Americans will will put up with him just saying whenever something like this happens, rolling his eyes and saying, "See, I told you, look, it's going to happen. More's on the way." I mean, yeah. isn't that it's not awfully easy to do. Uh, can he get away with just saying that, or is he going to have to come up with something a lot more concrete than that? Well, you know, any other candidate who wasn't Donald Trump would have been expected to provide more substance to how they will actually fight ISIS, how they will protect the homeland, all, all of these things. And time and again, Donald Trump has gone against the rules. He's done what no one else could get away with, and it's worked. So for, you know, the uh, the basket of deplorable voters, as Hillary Clinton would call them, who are in love with Donald Trump, it's not going to matter. It's that mushy middle, and, and it might start wearing thin on some of those reluctant Republicans who over the last few weeks have We've seen the polls get closer, who've come back to support Donald Trump. That's where this uh, lack of substance in this entire campaign might might take uh, foot for them. And they, they, they might say, no, Hillary Clinton's not ideal, but at least she has a plan. Donald Trump has, uh, has catchphrases. Uh, do you think that as if this does continue to happen towards the election, that we will it will force mo- both of these leaders to be uh, a lot more transparent, a lot clearer on what their plan is going forward on this? Uh, for Hillary Clinton, yes, because I think she needs to, because that's going to be her strength, is actually having a plan and having the experience to implement the plan. Uh, Donald Trump will continue to be vague, I think. He'll continue to uh, bluster and, and just talk a big game. But uh, there's nowhere in his entire campaign that he's provided any substance uh, to match his uh, rhetoric and uh, his, his, you know, empty policies, and I don't think we're going to see him starting now. Um, maybe the media needs to start rephrasing the questions for him to uh, get him to keep on saying no to different requests instead of saying no to the same request over and over again. But I don't think we're going to see a change in the playbook for Donald Trump because he truly believes it's working. Uh, you said uh, Hillary uh, appears to have the plan. Trump, of course, blusters. Uh, so in the end, how will this work in his favor? Is it is it just a fear thing? I mean, how does it work in his favor if there is are more attacks prior to the election? Exactly, it's it's the fear, and then it's the if you know the the definition of insanity as Einstein said, uh, doing the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. expecting different results. Hillary Clinton's a throwback to the previous Obama administration. She was in the United States Senate and supported many of the policies on these matters of George W. Bush, and she's certainly tied in, fairly or unfairly, to the administration of her husband. So she is very much doing the same thing over and over again. Donald Trump, you know, as he said, what do you have to lose uh, to African-American voters? And he can say that over and over again, because there is nothing that has happened in uh, by a politician in the United States that Donald Trump has to wear. Hmm. Uh, if you're ISIS or a terrorist or any of that, do you love Trump or hate him? You know, he's 
again, his, he says his greatest strength is that he's, uh, you can't predict them, and maybe that's good for ISIS, maybe that's bad. I think the fact of the matter is uh, we already know that there's been talk that you know he's been a good recruiting tool for them because of uh, increasing resentments in the Islamic world. So, I mean, they'd, if that's in fact accurate, they'd certainly like that. And, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton certainly has a lot more experience, and she... She's been pulled to the left by Obama, and she's been pulled to the left by Bernie Sanders, but at her heart, on matters of foreign policy, uh, Hillary Clinton is a lot more aligned with the neoconservative agenda than Donald Trump, so uh, she might be the one to worry about more if you're them. Uh, Will this affect the outcome of the election, or too far out at this point? Too far out, and uh, you know there's some big events in in between them, but it keeps on building that narrative that Trump uh, will will want to exploit that Hillary Clinton's failed foreign policy, Hillary Clinton's uh, failed domestic policy, uh, the Obama Clinton uh, uh, agenda, and that uh, you just got to try something new. So he'll he'll try and exploit that, and it won't actually. You know, this isn't going to move votes necessarily in New York City or the the area, but you know the uh, the incident in uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota, uh, that's going to start hitting. You know, people are going to look at this and know that uh, their small communities uh, are are possibly targeted, and that's where it might motivate voters to vote for Trump. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm sure there's polling going on right now uh, for this week, and and in the atmosphere to take the temperature of Americans uh, after these attacks. So what do you think these polls will say when they come out next week or the latter part of this week? You know, I think if there's going to be uh, substantive questions asked about uh, this moving the needle uh, and these these types of uh, uh, incidents moving the needle, I think it will show a slight, slight favorable movement to Trump. And I just think on the trajectory that we're seeing, that Donald Trump is increasing in strength, and Hillary Clinton has been has been uh, taking a bit of a hit for a number of things, which is surprising to me because no one's really been, besides her, a few small incidents and the health issue. Folks are almost entirely focusing on Trump, so it's surprising to me that it's uh, it coming at an expense to Hillary. But uh, I think we're going to see the race continue to tighten up, and maybe Trump to uh, leapfrog for an actual lead instead of the uh, very close race that he's uh, turned it into. How do you think Americans are feeling today? Um... Um, after another weekend of, of, of these attacks and, you know, even knowing now that there's a, sub, uh, a, a suspect in custody, how, how do you think the feeling, what are they feeling in New York? You know, it's uh, it, it's continually uh, inc- and increasingly scary to, uh, to to travel, to go in public. I mean, we don't want to uh, not live the lives that we're, we we need to live, but uh, uh, the, the fear factor is certainly uh, increasingly high, and that's uh, devastating across the board for so many reasons. Is this divisive? Is it dividing America? You know, it, you know, it's it's it, that's a good question because if you look at the past, this is uh, when America's attacked, when anyone's attacked, it's a great uh, opportunity to unite. And it took nine uh, eleven to take George W. Bush, who won in the most divisive election in modern history, got a minority of the popular vote to have the highest uh, approval ratings of any president. So if you look, if you look to the past. Uh, incidents like this help unite a country, although uh, I think the country has become increasingly polarized, and Barack Obama in particular is increasing, is very polarizing, and that uh, this now acts to divide the country instead of uh, unite, uh, which is so important to face threats like this. Other than, of course, what the final result and outcome will be, do you think there'll be any more surprises? Do you think once the debates start that this will even get wackier? 
oh, you know, the debate's itself going to be a, a surprise because we still don't know what Donald Trump is going to show, show up to, to debate, and Hillary Clinton won't be able to prepare properly to debate Donald Trump because of that. Uh, we should expect, I think, more allegations on the Clinton Foundation, increasing pressure on Donald Trump to release his tax returns, which is going to be continually rebuffed, and uh, hopefully media will get smart and instead of asking him to release his tax returns, ask him to, for example, release the portions just related to charity, charitable donations, which won't affect your audit that's uh, un- mm. underway. Uh, I think that, so I think we're going to see uh, a lot, of, and also more Clinton emails. Who knows what uh, Snowden has, but we're going to see, I think, more, more emails from Hillary Clinton and increasing pressure on both candidates to become more transparent. Michael Diamond has been with us, conservative political pundit, talking about how what happened over the weekend in Minnesota and New York City and New Jersey may affect uh, election results. Michael, as always, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Thank you. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML.